Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido. ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Through the rainstorm sanctuary. Joy News special thought leadership event on the dialysis crisis. And we have the panel 
helping us navigate this very complex challenge. And you've been listening to uh, Dr. Anthony Nsiasari, who is a presidential advisor on health. He's here with me in the studio. You've heard from Perpetual Furian Popo, who's the president of the Ghana Registered Nurses and Midwives Association. Uh, Kwame Saponasidu, you've heard from him as well. He's a pharmacist by profession, a Democracy and Development Fellow uh, in Public Health at the Ghana Center for Democratic Development. Uh, Professor Samsung Entry, the president of the Ghana Kidney Association and Professor of Child Health and Pediatric Nephrology at the KNUST. Give us some really startling statistics uh, regarding the number of children dying every year at the Confederation Hospital, 25 to 40 of them when they come in at that stage when it's too late to help them. We also have uh, Dr. Opokuwari uh, Ampoma, who is a Chief Executive Officer of the Kolebu Teaching Hospital. Oswald this year, Mensa, will join us right now because he is the uh, Director of uh, Corporate Affairs at the National Health Insurance Authority. We'll hear his thoughts on the subject very, very soon. Because as you heard, uh, the solution lies with the National Health Insurance uh, Scheme taking up uh, the cost of dialysis. Uh, Dr. Titus Bayer also joined us. He's a former General Secretary of the Ghana Medical Association. And Kuju Yang Singh is also in the Joy 99.7 FM studio with his own panel. And Kuju, I came over uh, during the break and I realized that there, there is a lot of questions that we can anticipate uh, from your panelists to mine here in the Joy News studio. Absolutely, Evans. I mean, the, the Kojo Bafo Ahinkra uh, has end-stage kidney failure. He's been living with it for eight years. Without dialysis, he will die. He's in the same boat as Thomas Vincent Kahn, who is now no stranger to our networks. We've heard about uh, how he's been a kidney patient for 10 years, more than a decade, actually, uh, and lives on two sessions of dialysis minimum every week. Otherwise, uh, will be resting in peace. These are stories that are real. These are the people behind the statistics. And of course, we have um, James McKeon Amwa, Senior Nursing Officer, uh, Reno Dialysis Unit of Kolibu Teaching Hospital. Uh, he also happens to be the national organizer for the Ghana Public Health Association. He's been giving us uh, the stories from the trenches. Uh, also with us representing the Ghana Health Service is Dr. Fred Adumako Boating. He's a Regional Director of Health Service in the Bono East region. He's taken us on a tour of the wellness centers that his region has been implementing. Uh, back to you, Evans. Mm. Uh, thank you very much, Kojo. And this week, as we focused on the dialysis crisis with our series of features, we also heard from the World Health Organization, the country representative, Dr. Francis Casolo. Listen to what he had to say about this. To see and discuss with the colleagues who are uh, in the, um, uh, uh, um, for example, Kolebu, to understand the reason for the increase. But like I mentioned, if our health insurance is strong, it can mitigate the cost of even renal care. If the renal care is one of the on the benefit package of the health insurance, so it is for us to really support the health insurance and to ensure that services such as renal services 
services are included in the benefit package of the health insurance to mitigate the out-of-pocket uh, expenditures that we are beginning to see increase. And if that works, then we will uh, have solved part of the problem of increasing out-of-pocket expenditure that we see with the, uh, the dialysis uh, 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 cost. WHO, we work with the government and we're working, for example, with also the uh, uh, National Health Insurance Scheme. And thankfully, as I said, we have the uh, National Health Insurance Authorities rep with us. He's Oswald Isiamensa, Director of Corporate Affairs there. Uh, Oswald, so when is the National Health Insurance Scheme going to take up the cost of dialysis? Uh, thank you very much. Great. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, let me acknowledge my seniors in the studio with you, Senior Odabia and Senior Pescova with you there. Um, these conversations is very important, Ivan Samansi, and I've been listening and I've been online for the past over almost two hours, hmm. listening to the plight of um, the patients and um, all the contributions that have come from the, my, my co-panelists. It's, it's very critical. And for me, I would say that the conversation must not stop. It mustn't stop. And I recognize that a lot of things that have been said on this on this forum, you know, have snippets of um, solutions but in summary what i'll say is we must have a coordinated and holistic and a sustainable approach to these challenges that's confronting us today i hear we're talking about a stopgap measure of putting injecting some capital into colibu to get it up, up and running but the question is how sustainable would that be even going forward dr casolo is right in saying that let's support the nhis to do this nhia as we all know has its own set of constraints is a scheme that was funded 20 years ago. This year, we're celebrating 20 years of the scheme. But what is critical is that the funding to the scheme has remained almost the same in terms of our premium collection. One of the co-panelists also mentioned, as we speak today, the informal sector, this, these are people who are not on slits, pay at most 30 CDs for a whole year on being on the National Health Insurance Scheme. And if you're a slate contributor, you're paying something around six or seven CDs as processing fee for a whole year. About 70% of the members on the scheme do not pay any form of premium. How can this scheme stand on its feet and shoulder all these disease conditions that is being thrown at NHIS on a continuous basis? As we speak, there's call for inclusion of prostate cancer, there's call for mental health, there's call for dialysis. All the calls keep coming, but the conversation stops at how NHIA will fund all of this. Mm. So the conversation must continue. The biggest source of revenue for NHI is the levies, which contributes about this NHIL levies contributes about almost 93%. The levies coming, and as again, co-panelists have, have rightly said, doesn't come straight to the NHIA. It goes into a central fund for reasons. Of course, um, the fund itself is also capped. So even monies that is allocated to the scheme is not received at the end of the year in totality. Um, that gap, of course, we know goes to fund other emergencies and so on and so forth. But we must have that conversation to an extent where what is due NHI perhaps mm. should come to NHIS. So NHI will be liquid enough and to be able to take on everything that is being thrown at it. In the landscape of our health architecture, 
the providers are providing services, ordinarily NHIS should be the payer. They should be able to pay. But from the onset, the framers of the law knew why certain conditions were excluded from the scheme. It's been 20 years on. Uh. And so we have to get back to the basics and to see whether it's now time for us to include certain conditions which today are becoming um, an issue. Lifestyle diseases, as has been said, at the center of all this conversation is finding sustainable funding mechanisms to pay for dialysis, to pay for everything else. This conversation must not stop. And I'll say it should continue for us to have a common ground where the NHIS is liquid, there's inflows, and the inflows is able to take on new disease conditions as we go forward. Okay, do I hear you say until that is done, you cannot cover the cost of dialysis? As it stands today, there's conversations. Um, and this is started, of course, based on your um, documentary. Um, even at the NHI level, the board is discussing, um, there's a committee that has been set up to have these conversations about dialysis, its implications, um, if NHI can do anything about it, and most importantly, make recommendations for the policymakers. And I'm happy Senior says there's a lot happening in that space. The Ministry of Health drives policy in our landscape. So whatever recommendations that the board will come up with will be passed on to the ministry and the policymakers for a direction on where we go. But as it stands today, by law, the renal um, disease uh, is, is, is on our exclusions list, mm. which means that we will be able to fund that. Okay. And then did you say that a committee has now been set up to review and consider whether you can afford to uh, take the dialysis cost? Is that what it is? Yes. Before NHIA can take on any disease condition, we must do actual studies to be sure that the scheme is sustainable when we, we, we put on board any new disease conditions. We have done some for mental health, we've done for prostate, and as it stands today, even when we add on uh, mental health, it doesn't look too good, so we have to try and make sure that the NHI will be sustainable once we decide as a country to put mental health on prostate cancer, and now we're talking about dialysis. Okay. So and we must do studies and be sure that NHI will be sustainable going forward. And also, you also said two things about making NHI's funding sustainable. One, you talk about the contributions and the, the levy. Do I hear you say that NHI's will prefer an increase in what we pay in our contributions? Certainly. Um, NHI will welcome a conversation around premiums. Mm. And that we pay realistic premiums, 30 CDs for as the highest amount to be paying into a scheme for a whole year is woefully inadequate. And there's good reasons why Kolibu wants to put up its rates. There's medical inflation, there's so many factors that goes into funding healthcare. And if your pricing has remained the same for almost 20 years now, that itself is unrealistic. Mm. So it must be in this conversation, it must not stop. And then secondly, you also said, once you collect the monies that we pay, it must be released to you. You also, you also make that point. They should, they should, they should, give, you, they should give you what, what, what is your what, what, is, what is due. Yeah. What is due, quickly, timely, and then if possible, all of it. Okay. And that is important because we, we've seen that sometimes the releases, although the taxes have been collected, we paid, it doesn't hit your account, and that then cripples your ability to provide the services that we know you provide. 
Yes, by design currently, this is what happens. It goes through, of course, the funds are collected by GRE. It goes through to Ministry of Finance and so on and so forth. But yes, ideally, if there's a mechanism, you know, to see this money come straight into the entire fund, I'm sure that perhaps the conversation will be a bit different today. Kwame uh, Sapransiru, this is one of the issues that you've talked about as part of the series, and you focus on the capping. I'm just laughing. I'm sitting here and I'm laughing. It's, it's ludicrous. Because look, in 2017, when this government came in, on the wings of a lot of us thinking that the previous government had been symbolic, and I make no apologies for my views then, the first thing they did was to pass a law to say statutory payments could be capped and they could then decide what they were going to use it for. What they didn't realize, and that is why I always go by data, they didn't look at our 10-year disease trends to realize that our disease burden as a country was doubling. And we were moving from a situation where predominantly infectious diseases were the mainstay of our disease burden to a state where chronic diseases are the mainstay of our disease burden. So, for example, current, if you look at 2022 data, malaria is still the leading cause of mortality, but its contribution to our mortality has gone by 46.6%. Whereas strokes have gone up by almost 10%. So, if you go cutting the funds, when the diseases that are causing people to die, are more expensive to manage. You cannot convince me that the NHS, and that's why you've seen on my social media handles, I've asked the question. Those people telling me and Ghanaians that the NHS should take on and fund dialysis. Where are they going to get the money from? The truth of the matter, and that was why some of us raised hell when this whole capping law was going. The truth of the matter of a health insurance scheme is that you expect them to have an excess of influence so they can invest it. So when they are recalled to pay for some of these more expensive procedures like chronic diseases, dialysis, um, prostate cancer, um, breast cancer, they can get money out of the investments they have made with the premiums they have received to pay for them. But this government in its wisdom telling us we have the men, took the money and said they can prioritize where the money should go. So I'm now listening to someone from the NHS telling me that we are not liquid. And I'm saying, now who cost up? How can you be liquid when you never invested the monies that were coming to you for six and a half years? You can't be. And that's why, though we are having a serious conversation, I am laughing. Because I'm like, we shot ourselves in the foot, and now we're bleeding, and we're saying, how come the gun hurt? The gun was going to hurt. It was a bullet, for God's sake. It wasn't a sponge. It was a bullet. We shot ourselves. We expected to bleed. And this is why I'm saying this conversation should have happened yesterday. But it's happening now. So let's think of making sure that a lot of things like this whole capping and other things 
I repealed as a master of urgency mm. because yeah. I cannot sit here and say it's just straightforward when it's IS should take over funding of dialysis. They cannot afford it. Okay, stay with me. And they cannot th- afford it because of our laws. Th- thankfully, thankfully, the man who advises the president is here with me. When are you moving the copy? Yeah, thank you very much. I, I think uh, Dr. Sidu also knows that it's not every disease which every insurance covers. Insurance, I haven't seen any insurance which covers everything. Yes, there's the levy, and that's what the Oswald was talking about. We will continuously be dialoguing to see where, for example, we will get more resources for, first and foremost, the most important thing to me, it's not even anything, but first, the a wellness clinic. That's one, for health prevention. And two, now we, we've been adding a lot of other things onto the NHIA benefit package. Seriously, I believe that after adding sickle cell and then also accepting for uh, cancer patients and prostate cancer, one of the things that you have to add is, for example, children of renal failure. And secondly, uh, thirdly, I also know that acute renal dialysis, acute renal failure of dialysis is covered. It's a chronic which is not covered. Most countries have the way, other ways of paying for, either from insurance or from some top-ups or from something else. Yes, there's capping. If you're in a country where um, taxes are not what you are supposed to get about 16 of it, now that you are moving it up, that's what governments will make sure that things work. But the dialogue continues. I've been on National Health Insurance Board before. We've been talking about how much can we health insurance take and become viable and sustainable. And as you rightly say, yes, insurance is you collect the money, you invest, and all sort of things. When health insurance started 20 years ago, I remember very well in 2009, there was about 300, over $300 million as um, in investment for health insurance because there were only few people on health insurance. Now the number of people on health insurance is increasing. And I quite agree with him that yes, everything that you buy, including the water which is buying. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Me here, you pay a levy. Hmm. If all the levy is not capped and is sent to health insurance directly, I'm sure we'll not be sitting here doing this conversation. So remove the capping. When will that happen? So we have to, as uh, Osmar said, we have to do the actual studies to find out that if you are adding this, you are adding this, this is what you get. And then we move forward in that direction. Why we do that? We may not even need increase in premium. But you haven't addressed the capping. Because in Ghana, I'm coming. I'm coming to the capping issue. 
In Ghana, we have a very unique health insurance where it's funded through levy. So capping, there's the dialogue which is going on between National Health Insurance, Minister of Health, and the Minister of Finance. If you are going to Minister of Finance, from my experience, we have to go there with fast and figures, and they say, which National Health Insurance is doing now. So now that you realize that National Health Insurance is having problems, and then maybe they're having liquidity problems, there's a capping. How much can you maybe take from health insurance to do other things? It's not only the benefits which the health insurance pays direct, uh, directly. There are other things. For example, health promotion, health education, vaccines for children, for vaccination, are all paid from the health insurance bills. And then initially also some, some for infrastructure development. So it's something which is being talked about, but that I'm sitting down laughing and all this, and I don't think it's a thing that I have Okay, so, so you're saying the government is considering yes, the rule of the Yes, there's a dialogue ongoing, okay. as Oswald said, and the National Health Insurance Board will bring that document. It goes to the Minister of Finance, Minister of Health, Minister of Finance, sit down around the round table and discuss it. Okay. And come out with a solution. Dr. Shansari, thank and you this, very much. This is, a, this is a, a catalyst from what is happening now that they are, especially the children and the other people who are on dialysis, what can we do to make sure that at least chronic dialysis, if for nothing at all, for children, is taken care of. And then you look at other things like the syntaxes and all these things. How can we collect syntaxes, things which cause hypertension, things which pollute our this? Let's tax them and put all of them in National Health Insurance mm. Fund. And then the levy that we collect, how much does it come in? How much can we use so that we can cover all this? Is it plus other diseases okay. which are all, especially mental health? Yeah. Kwame. Yes. That's your answer. No, no, um, yes. Um, you see, myself and Dr. Sias, I always have fun. So I, I love the way we are having it. But let me put it this way. He made a categorical statement that there's not any health insurance scheme that covers all ailments. That's incorrect. The UK covers it. He should tell me which disease is not covered by the NHS in the UK. Denmark covers it. He should tell me what disease is not covered by Denmark. Clinic covers it in Israel. He should tell me which disease is not covered. Norway does that, and so does Sweden. I don't want to go into other countries, and that is why I am a researcher. I do these things because I want to understand our problems and try and prefer solutions. So first and foremost, all I'm doing is I'm debunking what he's saying. The point is that health insurance Insurance, by definition, should come to your aid in your point of most need. The question we should ask is, are insurance doing that basic requirement of a health insurance scheme? The answer is no. So the band, I am laughing because we have waited since 2017 when some of us raised hell and got insulted. I was on you with you, even yeah. on PM Express in yeah. 2017 when that was passed. Yeah. Where I got crazily berated by foot soldiers of this political party in power for something that we are now discussing that has gone north. And I don't like saying, I told you so, so I laugh. Mm. But we have heard the people 
we manage our insurance? Tell us that they need more liquidity. Could we have done differently in 2017? Mm. We could. Uh, except that he, says, he said I tonight that an the conversation has begun to, to yes, address I have, an, I, have, I have an answer, but the answer should have been six and a half, seven years later. And I asked myself the basic question, why should I be accepting of such an answer in 2023 when in 2017 we could have had the conversation mm. and for me that is the frustration okay uh, and and listen i want to bring in uh, a few more voices into the conversation i'll go to kojo very soon because they are dying to get a bite at what we where we are with the solutions the patients are dead will join us pretty shortly and if we could bring nasiba uh, you had the uh, clip there from that protest that went on two weeks ago that went viral and Nasiba complained about the death of somebody that was that she knew was very personal to her and Nasiba you've been listening to the conversation have you heard anything tonight that assures you that what you complain about will be fixed um, I've been listening to all the um, conversations that have gone on since the show started and to be direct with your question no I don't, I didn't hear anything that um, sets my heart at peace that somebody is not going to um, die tomorrow because the person couldn't afford um, dialysis. And I didn't hear anything that is going to say that another Priscilla wouldn't go tomorrow. So I I would only feel assured when I, I see um, words, I see action followed by the words now is just all talk and I, I i side with some of the comments that went on that this issue is beyond just um having to work on your um on your lifestyle you know it moves beyond that now to a national issue that um the government must intervene and i i understand that um the taxes that we pay on health is so small but we pay other taxes that are Similarly irrelevant. If all of those taxes were channeled into health, maybe we'll not even be having the conversation on, on kidney at this point. Maybe we should have been talking about something else because over the years, things have evolved, even in health, things that are of priority are involved. Like somebody mentioned that mm-hmm. malaria is not even something that we look at now. Now today we are looking at kidney and dialysis. We may not have even looked at that 20 years ago, 15 years ago, it was not even a conversation. But now it's a conversation because it's happening and people are dying. And the only thing that stands between you and death is dialysis. And you cannot even access it. And we had the Kolebu CEO, why they cannot even open it to OPD cases. You know, and, and that's what stands in between you and death. So you are just dying not because um, your body is failing you, but because your country is failing you, and that shouldn't even be. And so I've, I've heard everything, but I I just, I, I still feel very... Nasiba, thankfully, you have here with us Dr. Isiasari, who is a presidential advisor. If you have any questions for him, I'm pretty sure he can address the concern. Maybe... We haven't asked that question that he, it will generate the answer that uh, will put your mind at ease. So please, please feel free. You have one question for oh, me. You, you did ask him a direct question, though, about um, if Kolebu was going to get the help that they need. They need. 
his answer wasn't direct enough. He said, oh, he was in a the Kolebusi was in a conversation and the government will do what they can in their capacity. It, it wasn't direct enough for okay. me. And it it didn't in any way even reassure me that um, Kolebu would, would get the help because this sounds like an emergency situation for me, but mm. we are still having conversations on mm. how to... But this is this is health. Hey, I wonder so though. I, I'm listening. Yeah, I, I know, but but directly, you want to interact with him? Ask me any question you want before you take leave. So I would ask him again what you you asked. Oh, very you want to direct. repeat that question? Okay. Yes, <laughs> okay. I would ask him again. Yeah, that very must direct. be very important. Okay. If um, Kolebu is going to get the help in terms of money, because that's what they've asked. They ask very directly that they need money and they need a sustainable system to be able to um, even fend for, because one of the things that um, the Kolibu CEO mentioned was that even looking at long-term, even if the debt is, is solved, there's an issue of the consumables they have now. Yeah. They would have to increase their pricing. So what are the um, mechanisms in place that the government is looking at to sort of solve that situation okay. very directly? And okay. when, how soon is this? Is there a timeline to it? Okay, Nasiba. Thank you very much. Dr. Isasari? Thank you very much. Yes, we are very much concerned about the people of this country. And um, I think there are dialysis centers, not only in Kolebu alone. Ofanochi is a government institution. They also have dialysis center. We are trying to get to know what Konfanochi is doing, maybe which Kolebu is not doing. That's why Kolebu is coming on the on the limelight and people are talking about it. But as I said, yes, yesterday, the Kolebu chief executive and the board chairman were at the presidency. We've given them some work to do to bring what they are supposed to maybe get to make them move at this moment so that they can open up fully. The Kolebu chief executive said that the place is not close to everybody, isn't it? Yeah, it's still open. So that is what Kolebu is working on it, and they will work on it quickly and it will be sorted out. But going forward, we have to get... But she asked when. If you don't know, you can say now you don't yeah, know, but once, once you want yeah, So he can tell you when he's going to open up. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> and, and you see, he said, he said the, the, the ball is in your court. Yeah, so... So, 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 so he's saying the yeah. indication. So and, we are waiting for what they are supposed to bring and then to be worked on. As quickly as possible. And, and, and those of you those of you who are listening to us on radio, you see a very, very interesting body language that went on. But that's why this conversation is important. That's why this is important. And and at least you're making some progress on this. And uh, Dr. Ampoma, I, I noticed your, your, your gesture uh, to him and say, ah, yeah, but this is in your court. <laughs> you know, provide the money. Um, just to be clear on this. The money is provided, is supposed to be provided by the Ministry of Finance, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the Tampuma has to put everything that he's doing that he's been asked to do as quickly as possible in place. If I were him, I would use 24 hours to put everything in place You've and present it. Please. Yeah, so they'll You've present it. You've already presented and, uh, no, you, free, free, free to talk because yeah, this, is, this is direct. This I've told him what to do. Yeah. And then quickly, I'm sure I know what normally such things are very dear to the heart of the authorities. And it will be done. The Tampuma, it's in your court. Uh, well, um, as I said, um, yes, we, got, we were engaged with the Minister of, Minister of uh, Finance and uh, we were asked to present some numbers which we have yes. done 
And so... Oh, you've already presented those? Yes. We have, we have some now which I've done. And uh, yesterday we were at the presidency as well, and we the issue was interrogated. And so they, they're going to reconvene and call us back to... Um, with some definite uh, okay. so we are we are desire I mean we are hopeful that uh, a solution will be found as quickly as, as possible. But um, <clears throat> having said that, I think that we should also forget that all of us are stakeholders in this together. So um, one of the things that sometimes saddens me about this country is that when there's an issue, uh, because of the way we attack it along partisan lines, then the meaning is lost. And is at the end of the day, see we have. Uh, 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 you know, a number of Ghanaians who are the center of this, and those that should be our focus. And so, because sometimes when we go along the political line and we over exaggerate and want to point fingers and point blame, then of course the other side becomes defensive, and then the whole meaning is lost. Mm -hmm. So I think okay. that let us be measured in how. And we've been very careful to focus uh, yeah, exactly, on the issues. Exactly. Exactly. You, you say you put the numbers then, together. Overall, how much? You mentioned four million before. That's the gap you have now. But is it more than that? No, so it's for me. We have a formula deficit. Deficit, okay. and then if you are to run at full capacity, okay. we would need about 961,000 cities uh, subsidy every month to be able to maintain the current prices because of the the, you know, the, 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 the numbers that we are doing. Every month. We are doing about 961,000 cities every, every month to subsidize. Yes, if we are to maintain the current the current price, price. and you are hoping that government will provide that money. Well, either government provides that or we are allowed to uh, some reasonable increase. So that, that's the kind of discussion you have, have to have. And then, of money. course, we are also looking for uh, other Ghanaians because First Sky has done tremendously well subsidizing uh, or, in fact, providing free dialysis by paying for uh, 250 uh, patients to have two sessions of dialysis every week. We have, and throughout the year, free of charge. So corporate so, Ghana corporate should Ghana also join can this join. particular. Yeah, I mean, there are individuals who have got high net worth individuals who can, can also contribute. contribute. And then, like I said, we had to talk about... This really is a call to action. It's a call to action. We yeah, focus so, a lot on government. So, so I think we need a whole village approach. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then the other thing that also shouldn't be lost is that this today is Kolebu, but we are not also just looking at Kolebu. We are also looking at across the nation. So that's why we are also investing in training and making sure that... Uh, we, we, we develop the human resource, both doctors, nurses, uh, you know, uh, uh, biomedical engineers, who would then be at the... Because at least every region in this country should have a place where people can go to for this kind of treatment. So we, should, we shouldn't also forget about the spread mm. of the services across the entire country. Mm. Having said that... Very briefly, so yes, I can get the other... Yeah, yeah, said that, let's also not forget the impact of culture. Peter Drucker said that... Uh, you know, culture is strategy for breakfast. Meaning that no matter how much strategy you make, we shouldn't forget the impact of culture. And this culture is about us, the way we do things in this country, especially where people, I mean, we gather, we don't have the, uh, uh, we don't accept the fact that there are chronic diseases. So you find that in the, for, if you look at the religious, uh, religious, uh, uh, you know, bodies, etc., there's this non-acceptance of course. So if somebody has hypertension, for instance, the people are look, if you're taking pills every day, it means, uh, it, it, you know, it, it means that you are, you don't have faith or that kind of thing. So people forget their pills and then we have all this complication and some of them mm -hmm. end up being very, so, 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 so the very, culture very thing, which, so the culture change is very important and, 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 and this is where the media and everybody should come together yeah. to, so that people see preventive health as a way of life, good lifestyle for good, you. Good, good. Uh, Kojo, this is where you really now get to give us a sense of where your panelists sit 
on the solutions, but also the solutions that have come from here. Yeah, it's so interesting, Evans. I mean, I heard Dr. Nsenya Sari talk about uh, this interesting question of whether we should ask Konfuanochi uh, Teaching Hospital what they are doing differently reason Kolibu is getting the, the spotlight and they are not. Well, I can I can tell you that um, in our conversations with the nephrologist uh, in Kumasi, we have learned that actually at Konfuanochi, the patients pay for their own consumables before they pay for uh, the actual um, time on the dialysis machine. And that's been the case for a long time. At um, uh, Kolibu, they are paying 380 cities per session. We know that all the way down in Cape Coast, they are paying 350 cities per session. So there is a certain lack of uniformity from government institution to government institution. We talked to two patients from 37 who said that the combined cost is about a thousand cities per session at 37. We don't know what's going on there, but nothing is uniform. Let's talk to our panelists. And here in the studio, we have representing the Ghana Health Service, Dr. Fred Adumako Boating. He's the Regional Director of Health um, at Bono East Region. We also have uh, with us uh, James McKeon Amwa. Now, he's a Senior Nursing Officer at the Renal Dialysis Unit of Kolibu. And we have two gentlemen who, the minute their money runs out, will die. I'm talking about Kojo Bafwo Ahinkra and Thomas Vincent Khan, both of them renal patients. Uh, sorry for putting it so starkly, but that's the reality you live with. Yeah. So you heard what the panelists have been saying to us. National Health Insurance says they lack liquidity. The president's advisor says, well, it will be considered. Putting it on the NHIS will be considered. Uh, providing money for the OPD to take in renal patients will be considered. Uh, how do you respond? See, they are the policy makers, and this is what they are telling us. Let's, let's work. But I uh, wanted to ask Dr. Science, yeah, sorry, that since they say the government wants to do something about it, that they are looking at it, they are waiting for Kolibu to bring the whatever statistics to them for them. They should open to the OPD. People are dying. That is where my argument is based on. So if it's going to take them maybe a week, a month, anybody can die at, 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 at any time. Since they are now looking at George or looking at it now, the place should be open to the OPD patients and let us come. Even if something small, they will charge us. Who can put it down? Whilst the presidency is looking at it now, people are dying, my brother. People are dying. As I'm sitting here, I'm supposed to enjoy. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. This air condition, but I feel very cold. I'm feeling cold. I wish we would close and I will go home. So please, presidential advisor on health, tell the president for us. They should tell the Kolibu CEO whilst they are looking at it, bringing the figures, whatever it to change. 
from now to that time, they should open to the OPD people. If you don't take care, all of us will come back to be impatient because we are getting sick, 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 sick. And before they realize, all of us will be on admission and we all be impatient. But probably if they could have opened it to us and they are, we are managing it small, small, we will not be coming back to the, uh, to, the to, to, to be award. So we are begging them. They should look at that place. The OPD should be, the cabin should be open to the OPD patient for us. We beg them. Thomas. Yeah, I think that, Kojo, um, in all of these things, it looks like we've narrowed it just to Kolebu. But I think it's a national crisis. And it should not be just be Kolebu. Uh, until recently, people from the western and central region were just sharing Cape Coast Teaching Hospital for dialysis. How many machines there? It was 15. As I speak to you, Kojo, we only have about five functional machines. Just about five functional. And recently, uh, the Cape Coast Teaching Hospital had uh, their 25th anniversary. And it was uh, in their speeches that they were also looking forward to uh, find means to get some of the machines. And again, we as patients over there have been complaining about the, the price. It was 280 and then recently... They, they short it up to 350 and you know that that's already is a burden and it is time for us to hear something positive from the government and i was thinking that uh dr Nsiasari, uh with all the uh dialogue dialogue thing he's talking about we want some kind of assurance that you know the prices are come to uh, are going to go down. Uh, government is going to uh, give a subsidy. You know these are some of the assurances that that the patients want to hear. But if it's just going to be dialogue, uh, you know that does not even give us uh, some kind of uh, assurance, and it's it's kind of disappointing. Yeah. And sometimes we feel very, uh, you know, <laughs> we feel very down when we hear some of these things. So, uh, Dr. Nsiasari and your, your people, I don't know if we have to come and uh, see the president ourselves so that we can tell him how we feel. Because it's not easy. Kojo, the, this uh, conversation we are having is really broad. To tell you the truth, even if you want to have a fistula, the fistula surgery alone, people from Western and Central or wherever, from the other places, they have to travel all the way to Accra just to have the fistula surgery. To enable you to do the dialysis. To clarify, the fistula surgery is a surgery to implant uh, a, a sort of a means of getting the blood out of you into the no, dialysis machine that, and that back is, into you. Uh, you have to get the fistula. That that is the uh, the kind of like the gateway to for for the dialysis mm. process. If you don't have the fistula or mm. you don't have the catheter, you can't have the dialysis. And you all have to come to Accra for that. Meanwhile, the other hospitals have surgeons there, but you know they, they, that is a, a special a speciality. It's not right. every surgeon who can do that. So if you have to have uh, dialysis or, or you have to get uh, um, uh, the fistula, you have to travel all the way to Accra. Look at the risk involved. Look at the money you have to spend. You know, so all of these things are, are is, is a burden to the patient. So I don't know uh, what uh, the policymakers and uh, uh, those who matter. I don't know what they are thinking about because uh, it's a whole lot and this thing that we have narrowed it to the uh, the cost alone uh Kojo, in fact it's something that is uh, really affecting people psychologically and emotionally and i've said it over and over again 
this is a disease that when you have it it's it psychologically breaks you down and it's even killing people faster than the disease itself mm. so it's about time um, dr Ntiasari and his uh, team people uh, members do something about it and right. like i said i don't know if we have to come and see the president or whichever panel they have so that we can show them how we feel and then even show them the, the scars on our body for them to know the reality of what the problem is <laughs> now we don't we don't need the rhetoric yeah we we need uh, action without uh, the last two guests uh, james and uh, dr fred i want to do some fact checking if you don't mind james i heard your um, ceo of kolibu uh, the numbers seem strange. You told us you have nine dialysis machines. Then he said, no, there are 12. Then he said there, there were 15. Now there are 13. I'm confused. How many dialysis machines are operating at Kolibu as we speak? Could you add that thing that <laughs> the point just put it by putting me in with the court for me to answer? Oh, but you work in the... You know, you see, in, in the renal I was going to say that right now, I'm wearing two caps as a nurse in Kolibu Teaching Hospital and from Ghana Public Administration. So let me draw my car from Kolebo now and speak, listen to all that we've said as a public health practitioner and a scholar in global health. We need to look at the issue of dialysis care, one from the non-communicable disease perspective. How do we address the issue of non-communicable disease? Because it's, it's on the rise. Number two, in dialysis and from experience as a nurse, we're looking at access and quality. Zanka made a case where he says that when they visit the other private dialysis centers, they don't get the same quality as they get from Kolibu. There are patients I would not recommend certain dialysis centers in, in Accra, but they are, mm. they, are, they are working. They are charging 400, 500. Patients end up coming back to Kolibu emergency with some problems. He found must start looking at all of this, start vetting those dialysis centers in, in Accra. Mm. The other issue is, and I think that health insurance may not be able to accommodate it, because even with acute kidney injury, that has a flight rate of 850 cities for the dialysis sessions. Those days could do about three or four dialysis sessions before. Wait, tell me, there's a flat rate of 850 Ghana uh -huh. cities. You pay that, and that covers all of That's your all dialysis insurance sessions. pays for the acute. The acute is the initial one that um, one that the possibility of you recovering from the kidney disease. Mm -hmm. So if the NHI in pays 850 cities, it could do like three or four dialysis sessions for you. And by the time those sessions are done, your kidneys recover. You are good to go but you have to do more or additional one then you must pay the difference so they don't actually cover the no, whole no, no, treatment no. for acute in that case, renal failure and in that case it becomes a chronic kidney disease management right. right so it's just 850 cities that we get yes. from the nhis yes and those are what 265 dollars then mm -hmm. but it was quoted in cities if they should bring down to currently what we have in with a dollar around 11 or 12, don't you mm. looking at more than almost 3,000 cities? Okay, which can also take care of an acute kidney injury patient who may need five or four dialysis sessions. But at the moment, as it stands now, can do about just one dialysis session for the patient. So, to, I wrote certain things that I think we need to share with you and all of us as things we can do to help. One, I think that there should be a fund for dialysis care, health insurance may not be able to do that. And how do we get money for this fund? Number one. I think that companies that do a lot of CSR, corporate responsibilities, that focus on uh, musical shows, beauty pageants and others, should now redirect their focus to supporting things that are more sustainable. If a fund is created and these big companies decide to sum, sum their money to this fund, 
this fund should go directly to those institutions that are managing this care. So if Kolebu General Hospital will get say, 10% of that fund, the money comes straight to Kolebu, which can be used for its management. If it has to go to Cape Coast Hospital, if they need 5%, it should go directly to them for it to be done. Secondly, we talk about excise duties, which I mentioned about the sugar sweetened beverages and tobacco as another panel of pension. We can use these same taxes, raise those monies, and use that money to support the care of the dialysis patient. And if you look at the fund, we could look at doing what we call research, because we need to do research in health. Secondly, capacity building for the workforce. Dr. Insas, I mentioned, um, one of the mentioned that we have 18 nephrologists in Ghana. All of these nephrologists are in Accra. Kumasi and, and Accra and Kumasi, sorry, other regions may not have anything at all. Mm. The nurses that are working in dialysis centers, even in Kolebu, none of us have gone through any specialist training. We are all general nurses who have learned on their job. But we need to have nurses go through training to become nurse specialists to manage these patients, something that really has to be done. A lot of investment should go in education. Finally, government should invest in dialysis care. Because you do know that, and I'm saying, sharing this with you and to all of us, that there are many regions in this country that has no dialysis machine. Yeah, seven of them. Even in Kolebu, you realize that some of the mach machines there doesn't belong to Kolebu. Because we must source machines from providers and then later pay for it. Yeah. I learned uh, one dialysis machine costs around 11,000 11, euros. Look at the VAs that we have in this country. Look at the money people are splashing. Can one person decide to buy five or four dialysis machines for Kolebu? Kolebu to buy the consumables from another place at a cheaper price to help mm -hmm. us manage our patient. These are things that we, have to, we need to look at. If not, right. we'll not make progress. Yeah. Dr. Daniel McCauley donated five uh, dialysis machines right. to 37 military hospitals. Many other people have donated. Many companies have donated dialysis machines, but clearly. And then so the maintenance. Could we donate back maintenance? Indeed. Indeed. Alright, uh, we'll continue our fact-checking. And uh, Dr. Fred Adumako Boateng um, of the Ghana Health Service, both yourself and and Dr. Nsiasari have said that these wellness centers are yielding results. Uh, that's 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 uh, your your contention, right? That they are yielding yes. positive results. Yeah. Well, I've been looking at uh, the 2022 holistic assessment of the health sector presentation done by Emma Ofuriajiman, who is the director of policy planning, monitoring, and evaluation at the Ministry of Health. She did this on the 5th of June this month. Okay. Now, according to her. And th these numbers are, are quite clear. They don't lie. From 2017 until 2022, the number of outpatient visits per capita by region has literally not changed, not really gone up or down by much. So the same numbers are going to hospital every day. How can you say your wellness program is working then? So. Thank you. Uh, I'll address this and also add some. Internationally, the standard for OPD per capita is 1.2. It means that at least every year, each and every one of us should attend the hospital once. So when we say the OPD per capita is 1.2, now you shouldn't get more to show that people are coming or less. The moment you get less than one, that means there is a challenge. Because what the OPD per capita is used for is, is a standard internationally, 1 or 1.2. So if you are getting 1.2, it means that you have met the criteria. But, so if, I will end, but if um, people are still attending hospital only once a year, then that means your wellness center hasn't changed people's health-seeking habits. There is 
based, based on the interpretation, they are what we call standards and indicators, and they are set for comparison. The fact that maybe you have 1.2, 1.3, and it's not 1.5, doesn't mean people are coming. There will be regional variation. So in terms of OPD per capita, I think internationally, Ghana Health Service, we are meeting the criteria. But I will also want to come into this, and I'll come to the wellness clinic. You know, we are saying kidney disease, and this particular discussion has been on end-stage renal failure. Mm -hmm. I think it was bigger, the discussion should be bigger than that. But then I will also, if you look at USA, 15% of the population that go on to the end-stage renal failure are the aged. Are the aged. Right. And because they are the aging population, but if we come to Ghana, the context is not the same. Mm -hmm. We have to look at this particular one. Because look, the, ch the reason why we are here is inability to fund the people who really need it. The problem we are discussing is that, look, if we really manage the spectrum very well, and I'll come to that, the median age for people who have end stage kidney failure from the discussion in Kolebe is 29. Mm -hmm. My brother, 29 years. Yeah. So it means that if we are going to put somebody on and hear that the treatment of choice is what? Kidney transplant. Yeah. How long can you be on this for a long? Quality of life. So if somebody is 29 years, and we don't pick this person, and it will come back to that issue. The studies that have been done by Autry and Etta, the median age was actually 47 plus 16, which means the range is from 31 to 63. And look at the population in Ghana majority of them are below 40. Right. Mm. The question that we should be talking about, this chronic renal failure that we are talking about, yeah. what is contributing to that? That's a poignant question. I wish we could continue, but I think um, our time is against us. We have to come back to you, Evans, and uh, you know the questions just keep coming. I wonder how your panelists take them. Okay. Uh, Kujo, thank you very much. We're just wrapping up now, and my panelists with me in the studio. We're taking quick action points on the back of this discussion tonight. And I want to start with you, Perpetual, with the Ghana Registered Nurses and Midwives Association. What are your action points on the back of this? So, um, first of all, I want to state clearly that health is a right. It's the right of every citizen, and it is the responsibility of government at any point in time to take care of the health of its people. So it's important that um, if we are looking at 2030 in achieving universal health coverage and the fact that accessing health should not bring financial burden on populations of nations, then it's important that the government takes this issue up seriously. Let's remove the cap of the NHIS. Mm -hmm. Let us ensure that the premium and all other levies are channeled to the NHIA to actually implement um, the National Health Insurance Scheme in such a way that it's able to cover kidney diseases, the management, the treatment, the transplant, and everything that there is to it, so that we can even add on other conditions. Because we have even heard from the NHIA um, individual here on, yeah. the, on the panel that once they are liquid enough, they should be able to cater for all these things. So that is an urgent need from mm -hmm. all of us as Ghanaians. And it's important that the government takes this up. And I'll plead with 
um, Doctor Nsian Sari, to go back and let His Excellency know that this is what Ghanaians are calling for, okay. and let us do it. As I have three minutes. I wanted to share along. Okay, so let, prevention let, is also let, very let, key. Okay, it's very key. Education, education, education. Let us move on. Um, we've talked about specialist training okay. for doctors, for nurses, and for all those that are involved in okay. the care of our citizens. Right. It's it's very important. Dr. Puma, your key action points. Yeah, so I think uh, we've talked of uh, prevention. I think it, there are some things that are worth repeating. So prevention, but then there are some people, such sub uh, subsection of the population, like children, who are born with certain conditions that made them predisposed to renal failure. So for those ones that fall out of that, that, uh, in that net, we should have a, a scheme that takes care of their needs. And that's why it calls for all of us to engage and find, find ways of sustainably funding uh, kidney uh, uh, you know, services, including transplantation, which is something that the Colibutition also is focusing on and which we hope that uh, with the completion of our new urology and nephrology center of excellence, this will be something that will be a regular practice. But as we said, we all need to work together mm. and then also make sure that uh, the services are supported and decentralized across the country for universal health care. Okay. And also joining us uh, quickly for the quick action point, Professor Aintree. He is obviously the president of the Ghana Kidney Association. Prof, what are your key action points? Yeah, so uh, thank you very much. So I think uh, enough has been discussed on this uh, uh, dialogue. Uh, but I like uh, one statement that somebody uh, made that uh, beyond the prevention, Ghana Kina situation, we champion prevention a lot because we know that um, if we can prevent people from getting to any kidney disease, it is so cost-effective, uh, cost we will save a lot of lives. So prevention is good, but currently there are people who unfortunately either to do their fault or no fault of this. They've gotten NC kidney disease, and now they can't uh, foot the bill. And uh, the main reason is that because of the exchange rate of the dollar. Let, look, let me tell you something. I'm just ending quickly. In 2015, I did a publication. The cost of dialysis at that time, I think the CEO of Kolebu said it, was 200 cities. And that one, it translated into $65 because the exchange rate was $1 to 3.2 cities. Now, today, even at the proposed increased realistic price of 765, if you divide by the current exchange rate, 11.45, uh, mm. it is still 67 cities. Why are people not able to afford it? In 2015, they were able to afford it. It was 65. But now they can't afford it. Yeah. And so it is time government should do something about this. Okay. It is all about the life of people. Okay. If, if there's no medical cure for a disease, unfortunately, if you get it, you die. But where there's a medical uh, medical management, not cure per se, because uh, anything okay. is not a cure. So, so your key action point there is? My action point there is that it is time for government to call for immediate uh, dialogue. Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.